Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Active Texan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to active Texans to get them off the sidelines and on the race course field or in the gym. We'll be covering all kinds of activities with interviews of active Texans all over the state. I'm your host, Dr. Brian Watts. I own College Station Physical Therapy and Performance, and I'm a doctor of physical therapy and a certified athletic trainer. Our goal for this podcast is to talk to Texans about what being active looks like in their life, stories about maintaining and reaching different active goals, and what motivates them to live an active lifestyle. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? This is the Active Texan Podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Watts, your host, and today I have a special guest with me. It's Erin Richards. She's part of the local community here in College Station, and I would like for her mainly just to introduce yourself first. Um, let us know who you are or what you do, and just we'll go from there. Okay. Hi, Brian. Thanks hey. for having me on today. No problem. Um, so I'm Erin Richards. I uh, have been married to Joel for 17 years. We have three kids 14, 11, and 8. Yeah, so we live here on College Station. We both graduated from A&M, both born and raised in Houston. My husband and I both, I was raised on a dairy farm and came to college and um, left for a little bit and then came back. And so what do you do and what does your husband do? Yeah, so I currently now stay home. I was um, actually about a year and a half ago, I finally decided to stay home full time. Um, after teaching school and being on staff, um, doing children's ministry at our church for almost 10 years. And my husband owns, he is a physician, but he owns a company here called doc. And it's a, um, basically it's a house call type, um, you know, um, concierge. Yes. Kind of concierge type medicine, but it's, um, on demand and he Mm -hmm. can kind of do anything from sick visits to, basically any kind of urgent care kind of stuff in your home. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk more about that uh, Mm -hmm. in in a little bit. But why don't you tell me um, a little bit about, you know, as you were growing up or when you became active? Because I've I've only known you for a couple of years, Mm -hmm. and I know that you're very active now. Mm -hmm. Um, Has that always been the case? Yeah, yeah. So I came from a family of um, being active was very important in our family. my dad was a college athlete. My mom, um, very, very active to this day. And they always instilled that in us that, um, being healthy in a way of eating right, working out, not just, not just at the gym, but doing things, um, physically all the time outside or just not being sedentary was a big thing for them. Um, and I kind of got on board with being active, I think, a lot of it attributes to my parents of, of making the mindset of if you want to be healthy and if you want to treat your body right, that's a, that's your decision. That's on you. So have you always, I mean, even though you've grown up with, you know, obviously your father was very active. What mm-hmm. sport did he play in college? He played football. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of your lifestyle yes. growing up. Um, would you say though, even though that was the case, was it, easy for you to just be active and healthy or is this something you've had to work at? Yeah. So, um, I feel like it's always been easy because we had good models of this is just what you do. You pick what you like and enjoy and you make it fun. And so it wasn't a forced thing in our house. It was just one of those things that you just did that. You didn't 
sit around and you didn't um, do things that made you lazy, you know, I guess that's a mm-hmm. good way to look at it. But um, I feel like it's always come easy because of the mindset of also, you know, God has given you a body that you are supposed to treat well and, and, and take care of. And I feel like also if I'm not doing that, I'm not doing what the Lord wants me to do yeah. as well. So I feel like it's become easy um, even carrying that through how I live my life now. So it's, it sounds like you had a lot of, like the, your mindset even at, from a very young age was just to, you need to be healthy in order to do that. You need to eat right. Mm-hmm. You need to probably, you probably play some sports or just playing around outside, yeah. being very active. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, when we were growing up, we're a similar age. It's, it wasn't the same with technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a sense, I think it was easier based on if our parents were active or, um, then the, it was, it made it easier for us to do that. Now it's getting a little bit harder. Um, yeah. I mean, you even have pl- things like, um, NFL has the play 60, you know, they're mm-hmm. really, it, it's become a problem uh, mm-hmm. where it's it's hard to get your children. I mean, you said you have three children, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not, even though you and Joel may be, you know, great nutrition, very healthy, mm-hmm. active. Um, would you say it's the same for your kids? Is it very easy for them to do that, or are they just great kids because you know because you're great mm-hmm. parents, or is that is that different? Yeah, you know, because of technology and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a great question. I um we. Uh, you know, I feel like Joel was kind of raised the same way as I was to an extent. Um, but we feel that it is super important for our kids, um, to, to watch that be modeled. And, um, I don't feel like it's been super hard for them because, um, like they see the type of stuff, not, not really just what we do, but what others do and how they're capable. Like for example, our oldest rides horses. And in order for her to do that and do that well, she knows she has to stay in shape. Our middle plays soccer. She knows, okay, if I go out on that field and I'm, I can't run more than two minutes, there's a problem. And then our youngest is involved in all kinds of sports. So what has happened is I've noticed they have found websites where they can go to on their own, mainly the girls, and they do workouts every day. And sometimes they'll go run a mile. Sometimes they'll just do workouts upstairs in the game room. But it's one of those things where I have not forced them to do that. And I feel like that's been really, that's been a great thing as well, because I don't want exercise to ever be forced, especially Mm -hmm. as like a form of punishment or something like that. They've taken it on themselves and they are older. So they're getting to that age where they're starting to recognize a little more, um, which is great because not only do they enjoy it, they see the benefit of it. So I don't know. I think with technology as well, um, for example, we're really old school. So we just got a Wii for the first time ever (laughs) this past fall. And so my kids think it's the best thing ever. But for example, that was really hard for me because I only want them to play Wii Sports. You know, I don't want them to play the other stuff because it's somewhat active. But technology has, I think, brought something else to the table as something as simple as a Wii, you know. Mm-hmm. But but they value the being active and being healthy. Um, I feel like they do a really good job of it, and hopefully it'll stay that way, yeah. you know. 
Yeah, it sounds like on the positive side, you y'all look at technology as something that actually can help you and your kids. Hopefully. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to kind of put you on the spot a little bit. So mm-hmm. it sounds like, I mean, they're mostly like that because of you and Joel, the way you are. Um, but even some parents may be like that, but they may be struggling. What would you say to somebody uh, as a mother, mm-hmm. um, to a parent who has kids that are struggling to get them active, especially, um, in the last few months, things have changed. I mean, socially things are very different. So mm-hmm. that is playing a factor for sure. And like what kids are thinking and how they're developing at the ages that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so young kids like nine, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, Mm-hmm. What about the parents that are struggling to get their kids active? What mm-hmm. I mean, I'm gonna put you on the spot. What would you tell yeah. them? Yeah, so I would um, tell them like just do find something your kids like. Like for example, we have where we live, we have tons of trails that our kids can go on their bikes, and they're gone for like four hours now because of all the quarantine and everything like that. We've gotten to experience that a little bit more, and they have really fell in, like they love it. They love doing that kind of stuff to where I think if you're struggling for your kids to find something to do, we make ours go outside. You go outside and then you can have, you know, at the end of the day, an hour of TV or an hour of technology and they find stuff to do, you know, to where it's like go outside and ride your bike or go outside and run or we can go to the park or you know, mainly not forcing an activity of having them pick like, well, this is what I want to do to be active, you know, and kind of navigate it from there, see what they like, and then go from there. I don't know if that, oh, yeah. you know, I think that's very helpful. instead of saying, no, we're running for two miles, say, okay, well, pick something that we can do outside or mm-hmm. to be active and not sedentary. So let, letting them choose, mm-hmm. um, you may give them some options. Yeah. Totally. But let them choose. I think that's helpful for a lot of reasons, uh, which we won't probably get into here, mm-hmm. but even like early speci- sports specialization mm-hmm. um, has been researched thoroughly in the last few years, and it's been found to be pretty detrimental to athletes if they specialize too early. Mm. So giving them the choice to figure out what they like and not basically on your choice mm-hmm. of like, okay, say my son is really good at soccer. Mm-hmm. If I just completely, and I played soccer, so mm-hmm. if I force him to do it and say, oh, this is how, this is what you're going to do, then they're actually missing out. Um, yes. You think that you're helping them, mm-hmm. but they're actually, actually missing out. But mm-hmm. also, so I, I think that was good, just having a plan um, of giving them some activities to do, go outside and do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you obviously have some, some of those trails to do. We actually have a park close to mm-hmm. us. I mean, the park has been more full of people than it ever has mm-hmm. been. So I think that's good, but um, it the the thing is you have to kind of have a plan, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and then have have some some boundaries, but don't be so strict to make them rebel, right? <laughs> right. Um, or make them hate it. Yeah, you know, like I feel like my parents, for example, we where I grew up, we had a tennis court in our backyard, and that's what my parents did. They played tennis constantly. Well, and for my brother and I, we could choose whatever sport we wanted, but. I ended up choosing tennis, playing my whole life, all through college. And then my brother chose tennis and baseball. But it was never forced, you know. And I feel like I've seen that happen where you force something on a kid and they end up hating it, you know, to mm-hmm. where it's it becomes a chore rather than enjoyment. Yeah. So 
Yeah, it should always be fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think even to the elite level, mm-hmm. I mean, to an extent, there should be an aspect of fun to it. Right. Um, so what about you? You said you played some tennis and then mm-hmm. through college, like just recreationally or you played? Yeah. So funny story and it doesn't, um, reflect badly on my parents. It's kind of, you know, one of those things to where I played all the time. My goal was to get a scholarship to play in college. Well, I got the scholarship and chose not to play oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't anything that, um, I say my parents did or anything. It was just one of those things where I came to that conclusion of myself of, gosh, this is what I've done my whole life. Do I want to continue? So I went to college, did not play, went to the college that I had the scholarship and then ended up not playing. So took about a year or two off and ended up really missing it and kind of really regretting that of Hmm. like not, I kind of looked at it as the fact of like at the time, doing what I thought was best where looking back on it, that was probably not a good choice, (laughs) but that's okay. You know, I got through school and now play a little bit more recreationally, but I don't know. Was that the same school that you ended up going to? So I got the scholarship at Sam Houston to play there, spent a year there and then ended up coming to A&M. Um, and so I don't know. I look at it as, you know, I've always wanted to, I always wanted to go to A&M, but I knew out of high school I could never get there. So, okay, I'll go to Sam, you know, which is a great school, great mm-hmm. school, and I'll play tennis there. Well, that changed, and so went to A&M, and thankfully it worked out perfectly, you mm-hmm. know, and very thankful that that was the path that I went down. Yeah, that kind of led to everything else that yes, happened in your life. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and God knew. Yeah. I just didn't. <laughs> yeah. So how did things change as you kind of went through college, like activity-wise for mm-hmm. you? Or what, I mean, mm-hmm. what kind of things happened during that time? Yeah. So I um, remained active all through college, um, w- ran a lot, ran a bunch, worked out a bunch. And then about my sophomore year at a and I got, ended up really getting really sick um, and they couldn't figure out what the deal was. And, um, it took about a year and a half and they finally, um, diagnosed me with an autoimmune disease or disorder called Hashimoto's and being 21 at the time, 2021, no clue what that meant. Um, but realized, um, I always led a healthy lifestyle because of growing up on a dairy farm. And a part that I forgot to mention was my family also owned a health food store. So I grew up eating very well, like you know, my parents did a really good job of that. So I realized in college after getting diagnosed with that, like maybe some things have to change, but I realized how important my activity level really was to be able to, um, not really beat the disease cause you can't really do that, but just to remain healthy and to remain, um, feeling good because for several years I just felt horrible And so a lot of that was making sure I worked out, did some type of intense workout once a day, if not more, and eating well. And then I maintained that for a while and then started feeling great for for just keeping up that rhythm. And then probably um, eight years ago, started having the same exact kind of issues little different, but more severe. So I'm like, I'm doing everything I I should be doing. And finally got diagnosed with celiac, another autoimmune disease disorder to where 
I realized, okay, I'm doing everything I need to do. Let's tweak it again to where I never felt like I needed to throw the towel in because if I knew if I threw the towel in of being active and not eating well, it would equate to so much, many more things that I, um, don't want to have happen in my life of feeling horrible. And, and that just wasn't who I was of not doing anything. So eight years ago, I kind of had to revamp (laughs) and, um, kind of did a different workouts, found CrossFit, um, started running again. I had kind of laid off running and started running again and really changing my whole diet up again. And so it's been kind of a start over process. Um, but realizing being active and staying healthy that way and eating well, I can't do without. It sounds like it took a long time to kind of figure that out. First of all, Hashimoto's, it was at least a year and a half before Mm -hmm. they figured that out, Mm -hmm. which I've heard on average that can take five to seven years to diagnose Mm -hmm. a thyroid disorder. Um, And then also you may have been having celiac symptoms at that time as well Mm -hmm. and didn't realize it, but it was how many years later, like before you got diagnosed with that? Yeah, officially. like 11. Yeah, so 11 a long years time. later. I mean, and then you also you said something that I want to ask you about. You said that doing an intense workout. Mm-hmm. You know, that you you definitely you specified intense. So mm-hmm. why why do you think or do you know why an intense workout versus just like maybe walking um, mm-hmm. for a couple of miles or even an easy jog? Um, you're by intense, what do you mean? Yeah. So intense, I feel like you need to have, at least for me, I, I need to have some type of weight bearing, whether it's, um, you know, barbell work, something to get um, bone strength up to where you're not just, I mean, walking's great, but to where you're having some variety and you're really pushing yourself. I mean, in order to be in good shape, you ha- I mean, you have to work. You have to work and you have to push yourself to do well. And so I feel like weight bearing with, um, whatever, you know, changing it up to where you're not doing the same thing every single day. And, um, 10 years ago, I guess, or 11 years ago, right around the time that I think the celiac was starting is when I found CrossFit when we lived, we lived in Tyler for a while, found a CrossFit gym there and just started realizing, oh my gosh, this is the type of workout that is best for me. And Mm -hmm. it's not best for everybody, but best for me. And really helped because it was probably something I wouldn't do on my own because it's hard, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's it, uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. And I don't want to do that, you know, but it, you know, during the workout, usually at the end, really, really being so glad that I did it, you know? So, um, I just feel like pushing yourself even more. It is good for you. Get you out of that box. Mm-hmm. How often are you, would you say you need that intense workout? Like how many days a week? Yeah. Typically I work out Monday through Friday and do something lighter on a Saturday. I always take, you know, at least one day, probably Sundays off, but for sure Monday through Friday, give or take Saturday as well. I do something. So are you like going as hard as you can every workout? Mostly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> There How does are, that make you feel? Yeah. So, um, it's funny because I've noticed as I've gotten older, it's one of those things where I'm like, what, how did I used to be able to do this at 500%? And 
And now I'm still working out well and doing a good job, I feel like, for myself. Um, but I feel like when he, when things get thrown in that are out of my comfort zone, that's when it's harder for me. And I need to make sure, okay, if, for example, I hate wall balls, then I'm going to go practice wall balls, you know, whenever I need to and hopefully get better at that. So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, just while we're talking about CrossFit, what's your favorite um, thing to do in CrossFit? Maybe one or two different movements. Hmm. It's hard to pick one, I know. Yeah, it is. I feel like where we work out over um, at Soko Athletics, Darren does such a, he does an excellent job at what he does. Um, The way he programs, and I feel like when he puts, like, running and toes to bar or running in strict pull-ups or even just any kind of pull-ups. I like that variety because it's stuff that's hard for me but that I can somewhat do but also that I need to get better at. So you, you like getting your heart rate up and then doing like a gymnastics type move. Like yes. Toes to bar or pull-up. Mm-hmm. And what about your least favorite? Oh, I mean, that's a whole list, but... <laughs> I'd say for sure wall balls, for sure thrusters. Those are super hard for me. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know why they're so hard. <laughs> well, I mean, it's your full body and yes. getting, at the same time, your heart rate gets up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So when you combine that, you know, squat with an upper body movement, mm-hmm. which is, they're the same movement. So, uh, yeah, that makes Exact same movement. Mm-hmm. That makes total <laughs> I mean, sense. the weight is even in front of you. So um, <clears throat> you're getting your heart rate up plus using your using every muscle in your body mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, that, that I'm glad that you were able to say like what, what you like, even though you said you're not good at pull-ups necessarily mm-hmm. or you're not great mm-hmm. at them, mm-hmm. um, but you still like doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, um, that, that's the cool thing I think about CrossFit is the different... Um, all the different movements, like you said, you never do the same workout for sure in a week, but mm-hmm. maybe even maybe longer ever. than that. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, yeah, or ever. There's yeah. an, an infinite combination, and I agree. Darren does a great job of the programming there, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I've heard from several people that um, have worked out a lot of different places. The intensity of his workouts is mm-hmm. is always there. Yes, um, but at the same time, you can always you have to listen to your body. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not. I mean, it's even especially as you get older, mm-hmm. you have to know when to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, because have you ever dealt with any kind of injuries? Or yeah, actually, I have. I'm I've been recovering for the past year of a of a bad lat, um, really rough lat issue, and there's just certain things I can't do. Like like what you're saying, overhead squats is definitely out. You know, there's a lot of overhead stuff that I just I either can't do or have to scale way back on. And I'm okay with that because it's not to me worth the injury. I can do other things in place of that. So I, I, yeah. And that's been a hard thing for me to learn to scale back, um, and not do those things because it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm not wired that way of, of cutting the corner. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you like CrossFit. Yes. <laughs> Cause it's always a competition. Right. Uh, right. How was it in the last two months when you were not able to go into the gym? Yeah, that was really hard. Um, I am not a person that looks, likes to work out by themselves. Um, and I didn't forget to mention, um, my brother also owns a CrossFit gym, so I'm able to work out a lot with him. Um, and so during the 
whatever, social distancing, quarantine time, I really either followed Darren's programming or my brother's programming. And it was hard. It was a hard thing to do. I made myself do it every day. Hmm. Um, Good for you. Forced myself. It was not. I mean, I've learned. I always knew this about myself, but I really like having the group, the people to work out with. Not, not viewed as like a competition, more of like having the camaraderie. And that's big for me of going into a gym of, you know, four or five people or more and being able to just suffer and work out with them. And that means a lot, you know? Yeah. Have you ever heard the the phrase misery loves company? Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> that is accurate. Uh, what CrossFit is all about. Um, <laughs> the community and, and suffering and, but then you you know, the camaraderie at the mm-hmm. same time. You feel great. You know, later. for sure. I mean, for you, I mean, it's very, very beneficial. It sounds like based on some of your health conditions, I mean, it's helped you a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about transitioning a little bit into what your husband does? You mm-hmm. mentioned at the beginning, y'all own doc, mm-hmm. uh, which is a concierge medical service mm-hmm. on site. So it comes to your home. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have a brick and mortar, right? No. It's all, yeah. we come to you. Yes. And that's something that our community, Brian College Station, I don't think ever experienced prior to him. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was one other doing it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't the same. Right. Uh, why don't you go into a little detail of, of first, what uh, Dr. Joel did before that, mm-hmm. um, and then what made him yeah. you know, start Doc. For sure. So um, that's a very loaded question, so I'll try to condense it but basically um when my husband graduated from medical school he was wanting to do something more along the lines of rural medicine working in an er in rural medicine and um he did that he went and uh, worked as an er doctor at st joe's um, in navasota for many years and just kind of got tired of that and ended up going to work um more at a private er down in houston so he was commuting Probably about eight eight times a month, not super bad. But he um, told me he would sit in the room because it was a really cush job. I mean, he it was not super busy. He got paid well. He told me he would just sit there and he would pray and he'd say, God, is this what you had me go through this entire seven years of medical school and residency and for this, like to just sit here and watch movies and read books and yeah, stitch some people up or, you know, some other things. So I didn't realize he was praying that prayer. Hmm. And, um, several summers ago, three summers ago now, he went to Honduras, um, on a medical mission trip with our church and was one of the physicians, um, doing gosh, all kinds of stuff in Honduras. And he, uh, I got a phone call actually when he was over there cause no one could reach him. And one of the doctors at the, the ER that he was at said, Hey, I, I need to talk to Joel. He is um, basically not going to have a job when he comes back. And I thought it was a joke at first. And then he said, no, we're the, the company's gone bankrupt. Like he will not have a job. So I somehow got in touch with him and told him all that had gone on. And my husband's super calm, never reacts, overreacts for any reason. I mean, and so I just was sitting there by myself panicking, like what? what's happening? You know? So all that happened. He comes home and that's all I wanted to talk about, which was not the right thing to do after he just got home from a 
medical mission trip. So after processing that, he said, um, this is what I want to do. I want to serve people in their homes. And, and he has had this vision for a while. It's not Honduras was just like the final straw. Like God said, here's your door. Mm-hmm. You need to go through this one right here. I've shut every other door for you. This is the one I need you to go down. So, um, yeah. So September, I guess three years ago, September, he launched, it was at first called my doc and then, um, launched that. And it was that year we had horrible flu season. So he exploded and it was him by himself making, oh gosh, he was seeing anywhere between 15 to 22 people a day. And that's traveling. Oh yeah. That includes drive time. That includes texting people, calling people, going to their house for a 30, sometimes an hour, hour visit, 30 minute to an hour visit. Um, so yeah, he was a little slammed. So I, at the time was still working. I was still on staff at our church and I was sitting there going, is this really what we're supposed to be doing? Like, this is hard. You know, this is really hard. And I didn't really get on board to be honest for a while because I saw how hard he was working and not that working hard is a bad thing, but it was one of those things where I was so, we were so comfortable. And just like I'm talking about with being active, you've got to be pulled out of your comfort zone to be able to excel and to do Mm -hmm. really what's best for you and really what the Lord has for you. And so, um, yeah. So after about a year, I think he hired, um, the pediatrician that now works for him and she is part-time and she's awesome. And she, they do that. They go to people's houses and serve people that are sick and can't get leave their homes or serves a mom of a newborn that doesn't want to take their kid to the pediatrician or someone fell and needs stitches. You know, he had, he has all kinds of stuff, you know, and it's really been a cool opportunity for him, um, to really be able to use his, I guess, strengths and talents really well and to not have to deal with the bureaucracy of all of the medical, the paperwork and the insurance. And that's what really kind of um, did it in for him. He was like, I can't even help people because mm-hmm. of my hands are so tied with all of the insurance companies and people worried about, oh, well, insurance isn't going to cover that. I'm not going to get that procedure. And they get worse or God forbid they die, you know? So that was kind of his, you know, realization of like, okay, I don't have a job when I come back. This is something I've always wanted to do. And this is where I want to be. Did anybody ever tell him this isn't going to work? No. He just, no, he knew it would work. He knew it would work. (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, there's, did he know, did he have any kind of business experience like with like how to do this or what to do to carry it out? Absolutely not. You know, those books like so-and-so for dummies, like real estate for dummies or doctoring for dummy, you know, those kind of books. If there was, or or running a business for dummies, I think Mm -hmm. those those yellow and black books. Um, he read one of those for like real estate and I think like some other cheesy book for like you know, business, but no, he does not have a business background at all. So how do you let people know like what he was doing? Yeah. So, um, he really, a lot of it was by word of mouth. Um, a lot of it was word of mouth. He did not really do much marketing at the beginning. Like, and I really look back on this and see, oh my gosh, like 
not that you ever want a bad flu season, but he started, that company started at the prime time. Mm-hmm. And I was on staff at our church and knew so many people and really by word of mouth spreading what he's doing and then people that would use him, you know, would say, oh my gosh, you've got to call this guy. You've got to. And so within six months, his schedule almost every day was filled. And so it was such a cool thing to see of like, really, Lord, is this where I really need to be? And where it's just taken off at the beginning, that doesn't, that doesn't really happen in a business, you know? And so I, he never really had help on the business side the first year for sure. And now he has brought on some really great people that are able to help him with that. So that's been a blessing for sure. Yeah. So now he's got a team. Yes. Working for with mm-hmm. him and for him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. If you yeah. Know. So he has um, now the pediatrician came on. He hired a few nurse practitioners to work. Um, he was working every day for, gosh, two, two years, working every single day, Monday through Friday. Sorry, Monday through Sunday. And um, oh. yeah, every day. Seven days. <laughs> Seven days out of the week, sometimes eight. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was to the point where he was experiencing burnout. And I was like, you, you've got to do something. And it, um, that's when he hired some nurse practitioners. Well, our goal from when he started this company was to hire a very good friend of ours. Um, gosh, two years ago, he was like, this is who I want. Her name is Liz Suarez. This is who I want. And I really am going to be praying that I get her. Well, in May, she started full-time with Doc. And she has now basically taken over for Joel. So she has come on board. She's done amazing. She's can do anything and very knowledgeable and kind of has let Joel switch to not seeing patients as much and really just working on the business side. Cause now they're going out and he's planting a dock in Waco as of July 1st. So we're moving out to different cities. And so it's allowing him to be able to do that, to reach more people and yeah, and businesses too. Like he has a whole thing for businesses, like plan health plan mm-hmm. stuff for them. And I think it's, I think people are going to start catching on. Um, actually, I know they have, because um, there's a hospital in town that said we will be doing what you're doing. Told him, and by two years, we're going to be doing this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's the next thing. Just like you're talking about earlier with technology, like this is, I think, the way medicine's going. Yeah. So, especially now with a pandemic, things mm-hmm. changed a lot uh, for with digital digital medicine, telemedicine, mm-hmm. uh, which he was already doing. Yeah. Almost three years ago. Right. I, I mean, I think he probably incorporated that into his business pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was just through phone calls and text initially. Yeah. Uh, but who has their doc- you know everyone has their doctor's phone number. Mm-hmm. Has Doc's phone number. Yes, um, for sure. It's not like. You know, you only give it out to a few people. Right. Like everybody has it. Everybody um, has it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that that's really awesome to hear like the amazing growth. But I think to your point about, you know, he, he was getting burned out after a year, the, the mm-hmm. significance of building a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even you were able to hire um, an, another doctor, mm-hmm. Liz Suarez, in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. So like all these, the timing of these things is right. amazing. Right. Um, but, and then you're expanding to another city, you know, that's... Mm-hmm or region area. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so one question I had related to that is how do you, 
like you, as a mother, um, someone, a wife who's also very active, you're working out five days a week, at least, uh, with a group, mm-hmm. you know, leaving your house. Mm-hmm. How do you manage that plus running the household, plus helping Joel where you can in the business where you may not help have to do that much there, but how do you balance all that? Yeah. So honestly, Brian, I make it a, a point every day I'm working out at this time. I just do it. Like it's one of those things where nothing's going to come in the middle of it, you know, to where I set that time aside and usually it's early in the morning, you know, seven to eight, seven to nine. And my kids know, my husband knows. And after that, I'm free to help with Joel if he needs me to do whatever I can or whatever he needs me to do. I'm free for the rest of the day where it's not a guessing game. Oh, is mom going to work out? Do just, can I do this at this time? No, it's something that's set. And I feel like if you have set your goals for the day, they need to be consistent. And that's kind of how I work anyway. But my kids see that you know, Joel does the same thing. You know, he works out on his, on his own, does his own thing, Mm -hmm. but being consistent with it and know it's just an expectation of your day. What does Joel do? Oh, he rides Peloton, does Peloton and does weight stuff. We have a, does all that out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. We have a little workout area and he does all that. So, and, um, I know also you've done some local races, Mm -hmm. uh, running. Have you always been participating in different distance races? Um, so about six years ago, I kind of started, I don't run full marathons or anything. I just do one half, sometimes two halves, half marathons a year. But, um, I was, I had an injury, um, and needed surgery and I could not work out. And the only thing I could do was run. This was four years ago. So that summer that I was recovering from my surgery, um, I was like, I'm going to start doing a half marathon every year. And so ever since then, I just did, a, I, my cousins and I run, there's six of my cousins and I, we run the BCS half every year and it is so great. You know, it's a good goal and it's fun and we enjoy it as long as it's not pouring down rain and freezing, freezing. Yeah. So you, you've done that how many years in a row now? This will be coming up on year six. Yeah. This December will be And there's a group of you doing it Mm -hmm. again. You're not doing it by yourself. Exactly. My one cousin and I have always run it. And then, uh, four of our other cousins joined us last year. So that's great. So, um, I'm going to bounce back to doc one more time, Mm -hmm. uh, before we kind of wrap things up. But, um, how would you say, you know, as far as like why y'all did it? I mean, I understand that Joel was not happy where he was that's Mm -hmm. not what he saw himself doing and then he prayed and the lord answered Mm -hmm. and then things kind of happened but now that you've been on both sides of Mm -hmm. healthcare being in the traditional healthcare Mm -hmm. uh versus i would say Mm non-traditional um what is the biggest thing that y'all found that has just the 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 best thing and maybe even some things that I mean, if there's a worse thing about it, if there is, there may not be, mm-hmm. um, about the two different sides, like how they compare. Cause people, the reason wow. I ask you this is cause there's a big, um, issue with navigating healthcare, mm-hmm. uh, these days with, um, the consumers are getting a lot, I don't know if I would say smarter, they're getting a lot more aware mm-hmm. of what's going on, mm-hmm. um, in healthcare. And so places like you who have this concierge medical practice where they're coming to you, that's all of a sudden, even if, even though you don't bill insurance, like it doesn't matter. 
Like right. it's you've provided such a service that it doesn't even matter to that person. They'll just come and it doesn't matter. You're going to come help me and I'll pay you. Like, yeah. But that's very different from the third party side where you're strapped and you don't know what to do. Same thing with us with College Station PT and Performance. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut out the middleman. Yeah. Um, and the reason we do that um, is not because uh, we're trying to make a ton of money and still still we're trying to give you a best a better experience. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about the patient. Um, it's no longer about you know what I can and can't do. Mm-hmm. It's about what we're going to do to get you results. Mm-hmm. So how 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 does that compare from yeah. side to side? So our mindset is very similar to y'all's um, for your um, business. Of Joel is able to go help people, just like what you're saying. It's all about the patient, and you can. It's it's one of those things to where you go in or you call, you talk to a doctor, you go in, you see him and that's it. He helps you. He does whatever he needs to do and you're getting billed one time, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things people are like, well, I don't want to pay out of pocket. And I'm like, you know what? If you have insurance, you can, you can submit that bill, you know? And once people, I think, realize that how intentional and how, personal his service is it's a no-brainer because people are like we don't we didn't have to go into the waiting room we didn't have to fill out eight million forms now does he have legal forms you have to sign absolutely but it's one of those things all of it's digital Yeah. yeah all of it and the other thing for example i had to call our son's pediatrician's office yesterday because i needed to know he's now transferred all over to doc but he needed his shot records it took me five days to get a hold of somebody to the point where even Joel was like, this is why we do what we do, you know, to the point where it's, it doesn't have to be complicated. And mm-hmm. his slogan on his company is healthcare uncomplicated. And that's, that sums it up because you have a problem, you go in, you be seen, and it's not always medication, medication, medication. It's, we're going to get to the root of this problem. We're going to help you. And we're going to do it in a, a way that you can afford it and you can be better. And so I think he also looks at it as, I know he does, as a ministry opportunity to be like, gosh, you know, I've been given this opportunity to help people and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do it well. So that's, I mean, that 100% resonates with me. And mm-hmm. I think probably with a lot of people that are going to listen to this, you know, the, the compassion that y'all show for people is is very apparent um and and also what one word that you didn't use y'all it's very transparent what you do mm-hmm. right you're not yeah hot, trying to hide anything right. it's very clear um i'm coming here to do this for you this is how much it costs mm-hmm. here's your receipt yeah there's no <laughs> there's nothing hidden and and then yeah. you know they i think just you caring mm-hmm. makes them feel better mm-hmm. like i mean not that doctors in the healthcare system don't care they, it's, it's hard sometimes for them to, to show that whenever there's the bureaucracy of everything kind of, you don't know what's going on, like right. in their head of like whether or not they should or shouldn't do something. They're basing it on other things, not mm-hmm. on what they think they should do. Right. Um, but with doc, it's, we come in, we see the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to get to the root of the problem, which is exactly what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all about mm-hmm. ma- it, You don't want to put band-aids on it and just mask the problem. Right. Um, and we're trying to save people from unnecessary medication, from unnecessary surgery, and to live the active lifestyle that they already are doing and love to do. Or right. someone may have gone to a, 
a physician and been told that they can't run anymore or they shouldn't. What if you 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 went you got hurt squatting mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. doing a back squat and you went to a physician and they said, well, don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would crush you totally. And so that would have a big effect on you mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you would think that oh, I'm broken and I can't do this. But right. with the right terminology and you know, we're, our bodies are very resilient um, and. If with the right kind of change and heal a time for healing, mm-hmm. I mean you can get back to running. You can right. get back to squatting, mm-hmm. doing thrusters, running, pull ups, right. like whatever it is. Um, I'm in in ninety nine percent of the cases you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I love about Doc. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very transparent, very compassionate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean we we use you we use Doc. We've had Joel come into our house multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and also with Liz Suarez, we're already taking advantage of her being with you. So, yeah, well, um, what, wh- where can we find, where can people find out more about doc? Yeah. So there is a website called doc doc is here. So doc is here.com. Um, that his webpage has everything on there that you need. Um, you know, he, any service you, you want is, is on there and it's very easy to go through and just kind of navigate through that. Um, he's also on social media and Instagram at just doc D O C. And you know, if you have any questions, anybody has any questions, his number is right on the website, which is a good and bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a great thing. He, he enjoys talking to patients. Um, so if there's any questions, you know, we encourage people to text him, to call him, to really find out just, you know, more information. We have a lot of moms that are, um, moms of college students, of A&M students that are like, is this legit? Like, is this safe? You know, you're going into my, he goes into dorm rooms all the time, you know? And it's like, it, it, it's been one of those things to where if there's any concern, that's why his number's on there, you know, to make sure people get personal experience or personal interaction and Mm -hmm. get the answers they're looking for. Yeah, we'll put all that in the show notes so you don't have to remember the website and where to follow him on Instagram. Well, this was an awesome conversation. I think that um, everyone's going to love hearing your story and how you've maintained your active lifestyle, even fighting through an autoimmune disease and still maintaining that for 20 years now, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, Mm -hmm. almost 20 years. Yeah. So... uh, thanks for coming on the show, Erin. Appreciate having you. And then also, I mean... We may have to do this again, do it with Joel. Yeah. Uh, get y'all both on and talk okay. about the business, family, active lifestyle. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. Thanks for having me. For more information about College Station Physical Therapy and Performance, please visit our website at collegestationpt.com or check us out on Facebook at College Station Physical Therapy and Performance or on Instagram at College Station PT. That's it for today. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody, to The Active Texan.